short time after that, the psychologist calls me in and she grabs me, looks me dead in the eyes, gives me a hug, starts crying. And she's like, you have no idea who you are, do you? And I was like, what? <laughs> she's like, you don't know what kind of person you are. And I was like, well, what, what, what's, what's that supposed to mean? She's like, you don't know the things you're going to do. You will do great things. This episode is brought to you by Zeratech Software Development. Are you a company whose commitment to excellence demands effective software tools? Let the team at Zeratech Software Development help build or enhance your technological systems with mobile, web, and backend solutions. You can find them at zeratech.com. That's X-E-R-A-T-E-C.com. Hey guys, today on the podcast, I sat down and chatted with Caden Kuntz. Caden is a, another guy whose obsession is a little bit hard to define. Uh, not necessarily have any obsession, but he's just one of these guys that I think is a deep thinker. Uh, we worked together for a while, had a lot of fun conversations. Uh, I didn't realize even when we got together that we we're going to talk about this, but when we were working together, he was going through a somewhat self-appointed uh breathalyzer program to clear his driver's license to get things better in that front uh and we got into that where that started from how that came to be and had some pretty awesome conversations around that so uh he owns a ice cream truck business or ice cream trailer business a fencing business uh he's doing really well for himself so it was fun to catch up with him have some of these conversations and kind of hear how some of that stuff went so i really enjoyed this one i hope you guys do as well Welcome to the Obsessed Podcast. I'm your host, Logan Herkus. In this podcast, we get to meet and hear from folks who are obsessed with a wide array of interesting endeavors. We dive into some awesome stories and look at the mindsets and the psychology of those who are obsessed. Let's go. Let's just roll. When I called you or when I messaged you to have you on here, there's kind of a few reasons. One, I just before we hopped on here, we were talking about when we were working, we'd have some pretty fun conversations, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so that like, uh, just to have the fun conversations, but also right before we just got on, we were talking about how at that time you had just gone through some, uh, I don't know what you want to call it. Maybe you can put it into better words than I can, but you had to take a breathalyzer at work, right? Cause you yeah. had gone through some times with court and alcohol and oh, stuff like that. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. I was, I was, pro I was coming out of basically the party phase being the wild child part, you know, zero to no responsibility or accountability coming out of that part of my life. And, you know, it was, I, I was all about having fun, you yeah. know? So, and so basically I just thought fun was drinking, you mm -hmm. know? And I thought that was the only way you could socialize and, and enjoy yourself and, and be happy. Right. Well, you know, so that, <clears throat> that wasn't true by yeah. any means, you know? Right. So, but, but at that time, so you had that, but then what I seen was a super intelligent guy, like you'd have some pretty high end conversations, right? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And, but then you also had this other side of you, which ties into what this podcast is all about, right? Like I've said it many times on here, like the obsessed podcast, right? And, and thinking about how you can become borderline addicted to something, which if that's a positive thing or towards a, 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 a worthwhile pursuit that's awesome but the same trait or the same tendency towards alcohol or whatever it might be oh absolutely can be pretty detrimental right absolutely and that was just it you know like i mean 
I've always had a strong character and good morals and values, mm-hmm. but and and like you said, you know, I mean, I I, I like to think of myself as fairly smart, but right. you know, it's like just one of them deals. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, not anymore, but right. you know, cause I'm always willing to learn and want to learn more and more, mm-hmm. but otherwise, yeah, it was, I was just hanging out with the wrong crowd and you know, hadn't grown up yet. Right. You know? Right. No, the cool part to me is like I said, that you, you've almost, we talked about like, would you trade any of those, those experiences? You said not for a second, right? No, absolutely not. You know, to be who I am today, I had to be a monster back then. Yeah. Like I had to, you know, and, and maybe that's not the case for everybody, you know, but that was, that was my case, you know? So, I mean, I, I always kind of like to push the envelope and push maybe a little bit too far. Yeah. And, and that's kind (laughs) of, that's kind of where I came about with the drinking thing, you know, like I, I would drink not to the point where I'd black out or anything, but I always drink just enough on that borderline where I was still somewhat coherent Mm -hmm. and do dumb and make poor decisions, you know? And so anyways, after that, you know, I gotten in trouble with the law and all that good stuff. And, and, uh, turned it into a learning experience. You know, I, I signed myself up to take that breathalyzer that they call it a 24 seven program where they monitor, monitor your, you know, monitor you for 24 mm-hmm. seven. And, and how long was that for? Was it like six months or something you had to do that? It was for a whole year, a whole year. Okay. A whole year. And, yeah. and so it forced you to step back and remove that part of your life, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Step back and, and, you know, basically, what it did for me was it taught me being how to be responsible and accountable Mm -hmm. for my own actions. Right. You know, because I didn't have that. Yeah. You know I mean? Like I was raised like that, but I didn't have those at that time. Yeah. So it was one of them deals that really helped me step back and be responsible and accountable for myself. And uh, indefinitely it taught me a whole new meaning of being disciplined and being disciplined with myself. Right. You know, and, and basically got me back on track to who I actually am as a person and and retouch those subjects on finding my morals and values and, and rebuilding up my character that I was born with, mm-hmm. you know, the alcohol just suppressed it. For sure. Right. And that's not my focus here today, right? Other right. than it's just, I think it's cool to touch on and, and talk about it because with anything, any amount of change, any amount of growth, there's like a ton of power there, right? Oh, absolutely. So even though like you seem super open to just talk about it, chat with it, right? But a lot of people might not be because it's uncomfortable, right? Like you gotta look back and say, hey man, I made some dumb choices. Oh, absolutely. But out of that, I learned this, I learned about myself, now I'm a stronger person because of it. I think it's cool to learn about that because other people, like you said, you've had people that reached out to you and said, Hey man, I'm struggling. Oh, absolutely. And that's probably the, that's probably the hardest part is that was my comfort zone. Okay. Like, like like you were saying, Mm -hmm. you know, like my comfort zone at that time was going to the bar Mm -hmm. and drinking. And then that's what I thought gave me power to go out and socialize and have conversations with people. Right. And then once I took, once you take that away, well now what, now what was I, I was a shell of a human being, you know? So I was like, so I had to kind of retrain myself and go back to when I was a child. Like, how, how to, how do you talk to people? (laughs) You know, like I thought I could only talk to people when I had alcohol in me, you know, I thought I could only be a brave person when I had alcohol in me, you know? And it was, it was just a big lie, you know, it was the complete opposite of that. (laughs) Yeah. Did that happen? So you're going through that year, right? And we were working together at that time. Yes, we were. Uh, 
so before I went back to, to Michigan to do real estate, I worked at in the oil fields for six months, just trying to save up financially for my family. Cause you don't know how the income is going to be for real estate. And that's how we met each other. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. I had a good crew, really enjoyed it. But anyways, I'm curious during those times, whether it's on the rigs or again, that year that you had to do it, how quick was it where you, your mindset, I woke mindset up, started to shift. I woke up one morning, no joke. Like the court didn't require me to do the alcohol monitoring or anything. And it was, it was, I want to say like, it was probably a week or two after I had my court date and they basically, you know, threw the book at me and they're like, you're an idiot. You mm -hmm. know, here, here you go. Um, you lost your license, go to these alcohol classes and in good luck. Right. And I just remember I woke up one morning and we were working some pretty wild hours back then. What was it like 90 hour weeks or something? So, so all we weeks, had was yeah. Sundays off. Right. So like, I remember I just woke or I went to bed on like a Saturday night and was like, Hey, you know what? Like I'm done. Like I'm, I'm just done with drinking. I'm not going to go out and, and, and drink, mm -hmm. you know, tonight. So I woke up Sunday morning and it was like 7 AM and automatically the first thing that popped in my head was like, I'm going to be so hungover. Like today's going to suck, you know, like I ain't going to get nothing done. And then I just remember, I was like, wait a second. Like I didn't go out and drink last night. Yeah. I'm not going to feel bad. So I like open up the window on my house, you know, and the sun's shining, the birds are chirping and I like stick my head out the window, like, a, you know, like a dork almost yeah. like the first time you ever see the light or something. Right. And I was like, man, I'm like, this is beautiful out. This is yeah. awesome. Right. So, I mean, that was, that was my first encounter though. So that was your first time though, like where you realized that you didn't need alcohol, that you're okay without it. Right. Basically that was the first time that I woke up and was like, you know what? I'm, I'm just done with it. Yeah. I don't need it. You know, that's, it wasn't me. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, and, and actually we just had a little bit of a technical difficulty there, technical difficulty and I had to get back on it. But before we got cut off, I was asking you, you had people reach out to you too and, and ask you for help with it. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, and that's, that's one, that's one beautiful part about the person that I used to be, you know, be talking about being that monster was like, well, I, I experienced that. Mm -hmm. and now these people are experiencing the very same thing that I went through before I signed up for that program to quit drinking, yeah. you know, and after I made the decision that I was done with it. So they'll reach out to me and be like, Hey, what do I do? They're lost. They're scared. They're out of their comfort zone because whether they're forced to quit doing whatever they're doing or not. But mm -hmm. I mean, I don't have an issue with it because, you know, like I said, I was that monster. Right. So for me to go back down there and get them and bring them back up to reality or whatever, I don't have an issue with it. It's yeah. easy for me. Right. You know, I've been there and back how many countless times with, with a handful of friends and, and it's, you know, just to help them out, yeah. get them out of that path and, and send them on their way for their real future right. of who they were intended to be. Yeah. And I, I think you're right that like you're best equipped for that because of the things that you've been through, right? Like oh. it's super easy for you to relate to them. Oh, right? abs yeah, absolutely. I mean, like there's some quotes that you can see online and great quotes. I mean, they, they say you would rather be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. Yeah. Well, and that's how I kind of look at it. Like those people, they're, they're basically in their own sense of, you know, hell. Right. You know, they're, everybody has their own different, you know, 
places that they're at in or situations or experiences that they're going through. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times we have the same experiences. It's just that I just so happen to be able to relate with people that are possibly addicted to drinking or whatever. Right. You know, I can easily go down there and, and help them out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And before we hopped on, you were talking how through that process, you learned that if you just harness that in a positive or, or again, a worthwhile pursuit, that that's super valuable. Did you know that at that time or like, what did it take to begin to learn that? No, absolutely not. So like at that time, I mean, it was, like I said, I was trying to find myself, Okay. you know? So I was, you know, I was still on the verge of learning to be accountable and responsible for just myself, you know, and, and retouching my morals and values and who I was as a like core as a person. Right. And that's, and that's kind of where I was like, I mean, that, that was all part of the process of building to the person that I am today, right. you know, and I had to take those steps day by day, you mm-hmm. know, and it flipped my world upside down. Cause like I was saying, you know, like I thought these people that are going out and, you know, causing trouble with, I thought they were my friends, mm-hmm. but you know, they, they weren't always, you know, they, they were acquaintances at best, you know? And right. so after that, the more genuine of a person that I became and more disciplined with myself, you know, the better people I started to attract. Yeah. And I would just take it day by day. Like, who was I the day before? Like, I can be better. Right. I can be better than that. Whether that's get up and make my bed in the morning. That's that's literally what I did. Mm-hmm. And I did that from every in every single aspect of my life, whether that was cleaning my room to my finances, to helping out one more person throughout the day, or, you know, just being kind to anybody, helping out somebody at the grocery store or whatever, you know, like that's, that's just the kind of stuff that I looked for. And the more and more people I could help and the better and better I became as a person. And that's, I don't know, that's just kind of what I was striving for. And I didn't know that at that time. Right. I just knew I wanted to be better than who I was the day before. Yeah. Yeah. When we worked together, I don't know how well you can remember these things or where you were at at that specific time. Right. Right. But at that time you seem very genuine, right? You seem the whole bit like what you're working for, although you're probably further along today than you were then maybe, or what would you say? Yeah, I would say so. You know, okay. like, I mean, I was, I was always, I always had the good morals and values and yeah. a strong character and everything. And but they, like I said, it was, it was just suppressed by whether it was the alcohol or the people I was around. I mean, mostly yeah. just the people. Sure. You know, like I I can look at, I can look at an individual that's hanging out with a group of their friends. Well, I mean, that's, that's what they're going to be. That's yeah. what they're, if they're not striving to be better, right. like you, they're hanging out with their friends and they're at the bar and they're, you know, causing a riot. Well, your product of your environment. That's mm-hmm. what that person's going to be. You For know? Sure. So I would say once I, it was about six weeks after I quit drinking and, and my drinking buddies basically just quit hitting me up. Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> and at that point I had, I had work and I had you guys on the crew. Well, yeah. all we did was work, right. You know, and then we would sit there and we'd have some decent conversations. Yeah. Pretty in depth yeah. <laughs> conversations about just <laughs> random wild stuff. And that was, I was like, oh, well, this is, this is how people communicate, you right. know, like this is, this is genuine. This is real, you yeah. know? So it was, 
<laughs> so after that, that's the that's the type of people. Those are the type of people that I seek to find, you yeah. know. And I did on my on my journey all the way up until this point, and you know, and I would say in the last year or two, like now people find me and seek seek me for advice and help, and I think that's that's all it is, you know. That's super important yeah. to be able to pass on and share those experiences of you know just good and bad things that you went through right right and side pivot here thinking about that work i was going to ask you to remember eric right yeah. obviously our our operator but then me you and charlie would take saunas up at the yes. place up there is that still a part of your life at all do you no, have a sauna I wish, somewhere i wish like i i <laughs> i see it. this house that i got here like i want to put a sauna in it yeah. you know i remember that was awesome that was like the highlight of the day you know <laughs> we'd be working out and it's like negative 20 negative 30 degrees and you're like let's go jump in a 170 degree steam box, you yeah. know, <laughs> and then go jump in snowbanks outside. Yeah. You know, that was unreal. <laughs> I remember you guys were pretty skeptical, but after a couple of times you're laying in the snow and the stars are spinning, you're like, yeah, this is it. Oh, that was addicting. That felt so good. Yeah. That was a sense of euphoria and I enjoyed that, you know, I right. mean, it was, that was cleansing. <laughs> yeah. So I was thinking about that on the way over here, but anyway, so you said when you were going through that, period right where you had to do the breathalyzer or you elected yeah. to do the breathalyzer right yeah but either way you're going through that and you were changing through the process but eventually you realized that man harnessing that when did you realize that like that's what i'm curious when was that moment because right now you've got an ice cream truck you've got the uh your ruckus services business right you're doing yeah. fencing some excavating stuff like that right uh when did that well i guess it's two things it's like we talked about you, you live your life trying to get outside your comfort zone i have to imagine opening up an ice cream truck is way outside your comfort zone oh right? absolutely uh but when did you realize that harnessing that is the, the like the ticket or the key i would say at the point where like i was i was probably well ooh. or do you know is it is it something where it just over a long term <clears throat> i think it was like one of those day by day you okay. know so like once I pretty much got myself all in line and straightened out and who I wanted to be as a person after that point, I mean, I was like, okay, well, what's next? What, what can be my next challenge? You know? And then I would, you know, once I got myself all in line, then I started going out and <clears throat> getting my room and my house and then the people in my household in line and yeah. you know and it was like same with my finances and then i would go out and try to help somebody out in the community you know like mm -hmm. i volu i took vacation time and went and volunteered at a at a camp you know hmm. to help out uh some disabled people you know right. go in there for a vacation for a retreat and so after that it was like okay well what's the next challenge what's the next challenge and you know when I just decided like, well, I really enjoy helping people in whatever way I can. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of where I fell into my businesses and was like, Hey, you know, well, I kind of want to skid steer and yeah, you know, I, well, I could probably make some money with it, I suppose, you know, and, and then I would have like random old women that would call me posted an ad on Facebook and people would call me and be like, Hey, can you come move my snow? I'm like, sure. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of how I got started. And then the ice cream trailer thing was, you know, just, I don't know, it's kind of like a fluke or something. I don't know. Yeah. Like, how did that come to me? Well, I <clears throat> remember there was a auction at the city and uh city auction. 
for the public schools and they had an ice cream machine there for sale and i was like man that would be cool like i don't know a lot of people with an ice cream machine i should just buy it so i bought it and hauled it to my brother's wedding for his reception or whatever it was and made ice cream and i just remember seeing and the ice cream was terrible because i mean i just bought this stuff online you know it was like milk replacer that you you would give a cow or a calf yeah and it, it, I mean, it tasted terrible, but people just loved it. Yeah. You know, they were so happy that there was just ice cream there, even if it tasted poor. Yeah. You know, and I was like, well, I mean, I guess this is kind of cool. And then I had random people come up to me and they're like, I don't know who you are, but I want this ice cream machine at my daughter's graduation or or my son's birthday party, you know? And I was like, I, I mean, I guess. Yeah. Like, let's do it. <laughs> You know, totally out of my comfort zone. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, like, it was just, it was kind of like a fluke. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it just so, happened. So then you went and bought a truck or something like that? Or what did you do? So after that point in time, it was, um, had a lot of people that were calling and like, hey, like, we want to rent the machine. We want this, you know, and come set it up for us, drop it off, you know, and I, I didn't really have a trailer. So I was like, okay, well, I'll, I'll buy a trailer for this machine and I'll haul it around. And then I decided, I was like, well, this is kind of a lot of work to be hauling this machine to people. I'm like, it'd be better if the people came to me. So the, this trailer I bought cut holes in it, set it all up, you know, to serve ice cream out of and got it all state certified and health inspected and, and everything. And was like, all right well you know now what how how do i market this thing you know and and so that was all a huge learning experience throwing it on facebook saying hey i i'm selling ice cream from this time to this time and (laughs) come on down people i don't know you know and and then it was you know obviously there when there's some trial and error with how to run the trailer and in the product was a huge thing for me because i was you know I wanted a good quality product for yeah. people so that they would keep coming back and that they enjoyed that. So that was a, that was one of my main points. As long as I have a good quality product and we are efficient. Mm-hmm. So, and getting ice cream out the window. And that was, that was one of the largest challenges. I'd say I watched like 80 hours of YouTube videos on fast food restaurants, hmm. you know, on how they move their product out. And that was, you know, it was, it was totally different realm and, and problem solving because nobody has a soft serve ice cream machine in, in a, in a trailer, you know, and that was just it. So I was watching fast food restaurant videos and, and came up with the idea, like (laughs) I need to have a circle going along, going in the, in the trailer for, you know, serving windows and, and being efficient. Yeah. So, I mean, we, I'd get like, handful of friends or whatever to come over when I was designing the trailer and, and we would play pretend in there. Like we were children, you yeah. know, like we were actually <laughs> making ice cream and it was wild, you know? Yeah. But that was probably the biggest challenge was, you know, designing it so it could be efficient and be able to move product. Right. Then after that, it was just dropping the pieces in where they needed to go, you know, okay. finding the right product, finding the right people. And after that, you know, it just took off like people found out about it and yeah they just start showing up 
right yeah and and so what's your system do you go to like rodeos and stuff like this and or, um, or do you have like a set schedule or you just throw it out there hey come down or what do you what do you do um so my first year my first year what i did was uh obviously you can only do so much marketing and advertising on facebook without paying for yeah paying for all of it and uh as a business my goal was to build the business to be sustainable mm-hmm. in the first year you know and which I accomplished in about two months, but from the marketing side of things, I only did the free advertising on Facebook. And then I would just go out to events, you know, because just like bad gossip, good gossip spreads just as fast. Sure. And that's where my good quality product came in. You know, it was real ice cream. So, I mean, people would try it and they're like, this doesn't taste fake. Right. This is real ice cream. And I'd, absolutely like yeah it is yeah you know and so they they'd tell their friends and then i had a location like right on main street that i posted online all the time and had set times that we would go there and but otherwise the first year you know i, I did chase events i'd go out and go out to the public yeah. so that they could see the trailer recognize it put a f- name to a face and and to a product yeah and after that, it was like, okay, now we can, now I'll just park it in the main location and advertise it and see how many people come. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did. And it worked. Yeah. You know? Crazy though. How many guys do you know that have a skid steer and do fencing also own an ice cream truck? I mean, that's unheard of, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, <laughs> they don't really relate very well. No. <laughs> Forrester Research interviewed 206 senior technology leaders in major organizations responsible for software development sourcing. 63% said their software development service partners do not have a full understanding of their end customer. If you're dead serious about moving faster and getting more done, Zeratech Software Development can help you move forward with confidence. Let the team at Zeratech Software Development help solve your problems with mobile, web, and backend solutions. As they align with their clients, they use a proven method to understand the scope of the problem and help demystify the steps to make it go away. They will deliver the software solution you need, and they do it with the integrity that you'd expect from a family-owned business in the heartland of America. Schedule a call with the team at Zeratech today at zeratech.com. That's X-E-R-A-T-E-C.com. Do you have a, uh, and not that we have to define it, whatever else, but do you have a, like, are you passionate about the ice cream and the fencing pays the bills or are you just kind of excited about it all or what do you? Well, I mean, I would say like, I, I enjoy building mostly. Okay. So like my, the most excitement that I got out of the ice cream trailer was, you know, like building it. And then that's my time when I get to socialize and see people, yeah. you know, because between the fencing and the, in the ice cream trailer, like this last summer, I mean, it was like. I, 6 6 a.m is when i would, the time that i would get up and get moving mm-hmm. and you know start working for the day until like 9 p.m at night so right. i mean and it was every single day yeah so i don't get it i didn't get to go out very often and, and see family see friends you know so the ice cream trailer was kind of my socialing time sure you know for people to come and visit me and whether they bought something or not i mean i could care less right it was just it was just good to see people so i mean Otherwise, I would say I'm a lot more passionate about building. Okay. And the ice cream trailer was kind of like, would would have been the, my socialing side of sure. things, you know, where I actually get to see people. 
yeah. and which it kind of was a healthy balance. But at the same time, it's like, well, you know, I could probably make some more time for myself to actually go out and see people. That way it doesn't feel like I'm working, yeah. you know. What do you mean by building, though? You're talking building the business, building the trailer, building fences. What do you mean by? Right. So, like, <clears throat> building the trailer and building the businesses, in my mind, are kind of all the same. Okay. Right? So, like, I mean, when I show up to a job, for instance, for building a fence, like these people have an idea in their head of yeah. how they want the fence to look and where they want it. Okay. You know, so like when they try to explain to me what kind of fence they want put up, you know, I their idea, their dream or whatever that's in their head, well, then they can relay that to me and then that's what I try to build, mm -hmm. you know, and same with the businesses. I mean, I have an idea that's in my head, like I had this ice cream, ice cream machine and put it in a trailer you know i was like okay well how do i want to build this and how do i want to build this business yeah and it's it's just a whole nother challenge you know just with different aspects and moving parts you know rather than using materials you're taking an idea and you know your point a to point b mm -hmm. and however long that line is and whichever way it goes that's what i you know that's that's a path that i take Okay. It, so I'm curious because there's a, I don't know exactly how to word it, but there's a, whether it's in business or whatever it might be, there's like two types of people. One is the people who like to grow and innovate, right? And Absolutely. the other person that likes to build and maintain. And it's not quite the perfect way of saying it, but basically the person right. who thrives like you do in the growth, the, the, the ideas that, that whole side of things. Absolutely. Whereas the person, then there's the other side of person who can go out and execute that over a long-term basis. Absolutely. The, I think the typically that growth innovation style person, once they're to the point of balanced, it's, it loses its edge. Yes. Is that true for you? Yes. Uh, I would say so. But I, so I, uh, there's a few different things and that's one of the things I've been thinking about lately is there's people who that like that, right? You lose your edge and that's okay. Like you could just maintain forever and kind of just whatever, but it almost feels like you're not living unless you can somehow constantly be innovating or, or right. building or whatever. That's what, that's me to a T that's I, I talked about how like the podcast for me, me was that that challenge to grow, build whatever else. I think this could sustain above all else because it's so exciting having the fun conversations, right? Oh, absolutely. I can't imagine that ever losing its edge, but there's certain things where absolutely a build a business loses its edge and I'm, I'm not passionate about it anymore. Right. Right. So, but I think there are people who have somehow like, isn't the guy, do you know the guy who owned logo magic in town or owns Sinorama now? Do you know what I'm talking about? I think that's, the guy's Jared name? Maduna. I, I have think. no idea. Uh, I think that's who it but is. But isn't he that way? Isn't he build a bunch of businesses, sell them, build, sell, build, sell? Is that a thing? I mean, yeah, it, that is a thing. I don't know if he does that, okay. but I mean, I, I do know like a lot of entrepreneurs will do, do that, right. you know, and then sometimes investors come in Yeah, because that's the hardest part. Like where, I mean, people can have an idea, but be able to execute it right. to make it, to turn it into something, whether that's a business or, or simply like, you know, building a a wood crate or like a shoe rack or something mm -hmm. you know like people have the idea but they don't know how they don't have the know-how or the skills or the resources to actually get get that idea done executed right. yeah and probably the courage right i mean for you to start the ice cream truck for you to start the the services business that takes a lot of courage right oh absolutely yeah 100 yeah, percent. you know i mean it's I mean, it's all unknown. It's, yeah. it's a leap of faith for sure. Cause you don't know if this thing's going to work, right. you know? And like, 
I mean, unlike on the service side of things, you like you can always offer a service, whether that's mowing lawns or cleaning gutters or, you know, doing sprinkler systems, you know, but when it came down to like the ice cream trailer thing, like to build that business, I mean, that was, that was just a whole new realm. You know, you didn't know, I, I, I could have probably paid somebody to find out demographics on people that want ice cream or whatever mm. or think that they you know want a different ice cream shop in town or something you know i could have done that but it was just a huge leap of faith you know right. financially emotionally yeah even physically you know because i was still working a full-time job right and doing my other business right building fences and landscaping and then i would go and build the trailer and then on the weekends i would haul it around haul the ice cream machine around and set it up for you know people's personal events right right uh but with that that what i I guess what i'm eventually leading to is it seems like there's a thing where i don't know the answer but is it is it that you need to have your i don't know build a life where you can continually be in that innovation mode you know what i mean right sell the ice cream business start a new one whatever or somehow i don't i don't know the answer but i struggle with that is like why don't you just stick with the ice cream business why don't you just stick with services for forever Right. But like something tells me you probably won't or what do you think? Right. So, I mean, it, it's one of them. It's one of those things like that you, that you touched on earlier with the innovation thing, right. you know? So like the ice cream trailer, for instance, like I, I built it exactly how it needed to get built, whether that was, you know, efficiently and, and fully sustainable and everything, but like, that's all it will ever be any, everything that's contained in that trailer. So then at that point, well, you know, that that's where you start hiring people like management to mm-hmm. come in and they can manage that fully money-making system. Sure. They can manage the trailer, you know, but it's essentially just a money-making system. Right. Yeah. And like you're talking, like you lose the edge or whatever, and you don't want to like, for instance, I don't want to sit there and manage people all day long and in the trailer, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, I want to be out building stuff and, and building new opportunities for myself, for others and everything. Well, you know, I already built the ice cream trailer, which is a great opportunity for, for kids or people trying to start out and build a resume, you know, their first jobs. Mm -hmm. Well, after that system was built, well, now I need to find placeholders to manage that money-making system to keep it operational and keeping it going, mm-hmm. you know, and where it's kind of a hands-off thing. And then you have your placeholders where the employees come in and they keep the, you know, product flowing and the money in- incoming. Right. Uh, so potentially keeping that business, but just taking a step back to allow you to go into other, yeah, other areas, yep. you think? Absolutely. Freeing up my time. And that's probably the most important, you know, like, especially if, if you kind of are a creative person, you know, it's kind of a dangerous world out there for creative people, right? you know, like everybody nowadays is so struck. Everything is so structured, which it has to be, and it should be, Yeah. but cause that's kind of how people are, you know, designed or not designed, but how you're taught, Sure. you know, yeah in the structure of school or, or whether that's at church or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. people seek structure. And if you're the person that can design structure in a creative way, whether that's building businesses or, or online, you know, 
stuff i don't know social media right but anyways yeah if you're you you want to free up your time yeah and that and that's what i want to do is i want to free up be able to free up my time so i can continue to build and make some sort of money making system or a structure for people to come in Mm -hmm. and so uh, a lot of what i'm interested about in this whole podcast is like the psychology of the individual psychology in general like i go on all day right but also like psychology of you right right we talked about your growth through that again the the voluntary breathalyzer world and realizing you don't need alcohol but what about your growth through this business world like has your confidence gone up and up and up as you've tackled and succeeded at some of these projects i would say so i mean like starting out any kind of business or anything like that is it's an emotional roller coaster and mm-hmm. a lot of it like every single day is like some some days it feels like more than others a leap of faith mm-hmm. but i would say overall my confidence and my faith has gone up okay you know and just having faith and and not not being so anxious about you know well when when's this next job coming up or something you know you get caught up on work and yeah and then all of a sudden you're like okay well now we're where's the next project coming in, you know, like, and who's it going to be? Where is it going to be? Is it going to come? And anyways, that was probably what I struggled with the most. Okay. And earlier you were talking about how you like to like the early on, the basic steps was like, make your bed, right? Clean your house, stuff like that. Did you, where did you get that from? Um, so there was a, uh, I remember seeing it on seeing this gentleman from Canada Mm -hmm. He's a psychologist from Canada, Jordan B. Peterson. Yeah. And I remember seeing some of his videos online and they just like, he was a, he's a psychologist and he was a uh, professor at, was it uh, Toronto or something? I can't remember. I'm super familiar with him, but I can't remember what school he worked at. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, so I remember seeing some of his stuff on, uh, on Facebook, some of his YouTube videos. And I was like, huh you know, this guy sounds like he knows a little bit of something, you know, it just intrigued me, caught my ear. So anyways, I started to listen to him and he actually writes books and he has a book out there. And one of the best books that I ever bought and listened to was 12 rules for life. Mm -hmm. And that's what he talks about in there. You know, he, he basically builds a structure for your psychology, right? You know? Yeah. And anyways, and, and he talks about, you know, being responsible for yourself and accountable for yourself. And then eventually that can lead into helping others. And he goes as far down as talking about making your bed Mm -hmm. before you can be responsible for anybody else. You have to be responsible for yourself, you know? Yeah. So, and that starts at home at the most basic level. Yeah. And whether that's putting your shoes away or something, you know? So, and that's, and that's kind of where I came about. It was like, well, you know, once I'm responsible for myself, well, then I can carry a bigger load of responsibility to help somebody else out. And then the next person, the next person, yeah, you know, cause that's, that's how the world goes around being able to carry some sort of weight, yeah, you know, carry your own weight and then for others. Right. No, the reason I ask, cause I'm <clears throat> again, super familiar. I ran a ton of his stuff, watched a ton of his stuff. His book is sitting in my truck right now. Really? Um, 
so I'm a big fan. I really, really enjoy him. But one of the things he talked about, and I'm, it ties back into what you were talking about, how, and something I'm just entertaining right now is he says, if you are an anxious person, right, you've got anxiety. If you go into a party or a social event thinking, man, how can I help alleviate my own anxiety? You're going to be super anxious. Okay. But if you go in there saying, man, how can I alleviate everybody else's anxiety? You're going to be the least anxious person in the room. For what, I don't know why that is or what exactly that is, but it basically you're not inward. You're not focusing on yourself. You're going in there saying, hey, how, how can I make everybody else comfortable? Anyways, there's a thing that I've been thinking about how you said how you, you like helping people, you like serving people. And it's a thing you hear quite a bit. Like I like, I like to serve people, right? Right. Sometimes it's fake, not real, right? right. Sometimes yep. somebody just saying that because they want you to buy their product or whatever, right? But when it's real, <clears throat> I wonder if there's like a correlation between the amount of struggle that that person that loves to serve has been through and like the the reward they get through serving people to kind of counteract that struggle maybe uh, i don't quite know how to put it in words yet i should actually write this down so i can think about this but either way is there a correlation between <clears throat> yeah the the desire to serve and the drive to serve and the amount or, or some of the hard times you've had in your life like you said you had to be a monster right before you could right. truly help these people do you do you think there's something there i would say so you know and i i would say that because the person i used to be i used to take Okay. Like I didn't care who you were. Right. Like if you're, if you're, whether you were willingly giving me anything, whether that was knowledge or all the way down to food or whatever, right. you know, I'd take it. Yeah. I just took. Right. I had no intentions of giving. I didn't even think about it. So like I would always just take. Yeah. Right. And as I grew as a person and come to realize like, well, there, there's two sides of that, you know, like the person that's giving, you need to learn how to receive in a good way, mm -hmm. you know, and also give back. Right. And that was the biggest issue was like, I was receiving, just taking, you right. know, but I wasn't giving anything back, yeah. you know, and I wasn't even like whether it would have been money or, or just emotional support or somebody actually lending out a helping hand like I, I i'd just take it and never offer anything back to anybody else hmm. and i would say that was that was kind of the realization that i i've had you know it's like now being able to serve and help people like i give without expecting anything in return right you know and that's because i because I understand how, how that, uh, how the reverse side is almost or something. Right. Yeah. yeah. Basically the opposition to it. And it was, you know, and now when being the person that always gives and tries to help, you know, you can see when somebody's genuinely trying to make themselves better mm -hmm. or, or is a genuine person that is like, Hey, like if you give me this knowledge, I'll pass it on and be able to continue to give it and pass it down and help, you know, that way it just kind of spreads out like a pyramid scheme almost, you mm -hmm. know, it'll just pass on to the next person, to the <clears throat> next person to help out another person. Right. And you can see that, especially if you were the opposition, like if you were the person that always took, like you can see those people coming from a mile away. Yeah. They're not genuine. Their intentions aren't genuine. Right. 
right? Mm-hmm. You can feel it in everything. Oh, absolutely. Like I'm, I've been in sales for eight years. When somebody's just trying to sell you on something, you can see right through that right now. Oh, you know absolutely. I mean? Or in a conversation when somebody's just trying to take, you can just feel it, right? I mean, right. It's so easily. <clears throat> but you're talking about the pyramid scheme and helping people, right? And Jordan Peterson talks about in his book is one of the rules or eventually he talked, I've talked about this on here too. He got like meta, he, one of his friends had a pen with a light on it. Okay. Okay. Uh, and do you remember this part at all? Anyways, I don't. with this light, he's like, man, this is like a powerful metaphor, like a pen with light. What can come out of this? And one of the things he asked himself is like, what's the highest and best thing that I can do? Basically, I'd have to go back and read the exact statement, but basically it was do the greatest amount of good for the greatest amount of people that I possibly can. Right. Right. And I think he's doing that through his lectures and oh, through his YouTube videos, and whatever else. Right. And that, think about that, that touched your life. Right? Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. Uh, that touched my life a lot. Like I've learned a ton from him. I'd say that's uh, part of the reason I a had the confidence and then the realization that I should do this, this podcast. Right. Absolutely. Uh, so, I mean, he, I mean, talk about a pyramid scheme, he's up there affecting millions and millions of people. Right. But oh, you know, yeah. even if I'm affecting 10 people, that's partially stemming from him too. Right. But you're right. I don't know. There's something cool about it where you can just go out and help people. Right. Absolutely. Well, it makes you feel good. Yeah. You know, it, it makes you feel like you're needed, mm-hmm. even though like, even though there's not a direct need for it. Like you're not going on Craigslist mm-hmm. and look at and being like, Hey, seeking emotional support yeah. or whatever, <laughs> you know, it's not an ad yeah. for sale, but you know, like you're just, yeah, I mean, there is a need for it and yeah. you're just helping fill that void. Right. Did you, uh, again, I've, I've I hinted at your, uh, well, you're intellectually, intellectually curious, right? Right. And it was clearly obvious when we worked together that you were that way because we had some fun chats, but were you always that way? Like, how were you in school? Not that grades mean anything, but I'm just curious. Right. No, I mean, I, <clears throat> in school, I mean, I, I did enough to get by. Like, okay. that was it. You yeah. Know, I, I wasn't all that interested in school. I mean, yeah. I mostly showed up there to see people. Mm-hmm. That was it. I mean, that was, that was basically my, my whole I would say school career. Sure. And that was a bad uh, setup for that even because the, the intellectually curious is totally separate from school. Somebody could fail at school and be totally intellectually curious, right? But I was oh, just curious absolutely. how you were in school, but were you at all intellectually curious through that process of school, even outside of school? Like well, at what no, point did not, you get into that? Yeah, not at all. So okay. like, I mean, I always did as I was told and and, okay. and that was pretty much it. And that's what school was all about. Yeah. Like they just tell you, they, they don't actually like tap into the human mind to be, you know, Hey, be curious, Mm -hmm. be curious about this and, and think, think for yourself. Like that was, that's not how school systems are set up. I don't think they are at all. Actually. Right. At least where I went to school, it didn't feel that way. Yeah. No, it doesn't seem like they are. Um, it can be for certain people. Like you hit the right method of everything. It can work that way. I think it worked fairly well for me, but I just, I, you see a ton of people who are again on the same wavelength of like, I want to better myself. I want to learn. I want to do this. I want to do that. That school was not engaging to them at all. Right. right. Uh, so again, two separate things, but I guess where I'm curious about when did you start to feel that or realize that like, was it a post school? Was it post, uh, you signing up for the breathalyzer thing? When did you, it was, it was definitely post after I signed up for the breathalyzer thing. Okay. So like I was saying, like when I, finally like got to the point where I started making myself better Mm -hmm. and wanting to go out and help people and help out the community. That's kind of when I came to the realization, like, well, do these people know what they're doing? Mm -hmm. You know? So then you start asking them questions and and they give you a a blank stare, like a deer in the headlights. And they're Mm -hmm. like, well, I don't know. This is what I was told to do. 
And you're like, well, who's telling you? Right. So then you start, then you find that person that told them what to do. Right. And you're like, hey, like, why are we doing this? Yeah. And they'd be like, well, I don't know. That's what I was told to do. And then you're sitting there and I, and I would be thinking like, well, where's, where's the original idea? Like right. whose original idea was this? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like where did this, where did this idea come from? Yeah. And then when nobody could answer me, I was, I was like, well, then maybe it's a broken system. Maybe it's outdated. Yeah. Maybe it's not current. Right. You know, and and why are these people just nonchalantly just rolling through life doing what they're told? Mm-hmm. Why aren't they questioning things? Right. And that's, I don't know. I think I had that, mo- that realization mostly came in like when I was working on the work over rigs, Yeah, you know, when we were working together, it right. was, it was just one of them deals. Like a lot of them guys were just doing as they were told yeah. without question. Right. It was like, well, what, why not relay that information if you don't think it's going to work? Mm-hmm. And they would, they would just say, well, we're barking up the wrong tree. Right. It was like, well, I, I don't agree with that. Yeah, it's it's a little bit surprising to hear because when again when we worked together like the first day we worked we were getting into a lot of these I mean pretty in depth conversations and we did that the whole time right absolutely I wouldn't have guessed that you weren't that way at some point yeah not really and I would say that 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 came in after I quit drinking and everything okay. you know and otherwise I I was. I was, I would say when I was drinking and everything, like I was a much smaller person. Okay. Like I was super insecure. I was scared to tell people how I felt and, and, and like give them, I give them an idea or be able to express myself, Yeah. you know? So it was, it was just one of them things. Like I was just a super insecure, not confident person. And that's why I used the alcohol to give me a false, you know, sure. False sense of security and and confidence yeah yeah and i've been that the super insecure person for sure uh but i think it's just like forcing yourself through those insecurities like being in those moments where you're insecure or whatever else and it like turns out okay absolutely i, I don't know i think it's, it's like uh, getting out of your comfort zone again yeah. you know like you had covered right right no so anyways i was just curious about that but do you have any uh like, do you have any long-term, not that you need it. I think if you just be, I mean, maybe your goal is be a lifelong learner, but do you have any next steps or next things you're digging into or things you're excited about right now? Yeah. Uh, so, so one of my next moves that I want to do, like financially, I would say would be invest more into like real estate. Okay. Right. You know, and I say that because I, I'm, I don't really like having my money in banks. Okay you know, and if you're not moving money, well, then it's harder to make money. Sure. Right. And especially when it comes down to assets. So like, like we're experiencing as a country, as a whole, like inflation is just going up because they just continue to print more money. Well, money's just a made up thing. Mm -hmm. So once you're able to use money as a tool and see that it's, a made-up thing you know you can use that money as a tool to buy more assets and i think real estate is a more solid asset than money itself you know Mm -hmm. and i don't know it may that that's what makes sense in my head because they're not making any more land they're not 
you can't just print that out right you know? right. and anyways once you're once you're able to actually use money as a tool as its intended purpose you know to actually buy something and whether that would be stock in a company or or whatever you mm-hmm. know, mine would just be real estate because it's something that you can control and you can see right there right and right. it's not going to lose its value over time and if it even if it does like it's something that you can actually tangibly like hold right you know and one of the awesome things about real estate is it's good as gold it's good as cash to a bank i mean what if the land's paid for yeah you can use it to for a snowball effect to buy another piece of property Mm -hmm. and then another piece and another piece and another piece what about on uh we were talking about intellectual curiosity right do you have any like topics you're diving into or, or researching or thinking about books you're reading anything like that um you know, not really. The okay. only book that I have that I have been reading that I've been disciplined with myself to make sure that I read is definitely the Bible. So, I mean, like I was born and raised a Catholic, but <clears throat> in the Catholic religion, you know, like I went through, you know, the baptism, First Holy Communion, all that stuff, CCD classes, you know, basically youth group forum. But like they were always telling you how how you should think in religion yeah. and what God is trying to tell you, you know, and you're hearing that from some individual, whether that'd be the priest or or your religion teacher, and and then I kind of came to a realization like with how complex the universe is and how complex everybody else is as an individual person, it's like, well. I really think God speaks to you personally on a personal level and you should be able to interpret that for yourself. Sure. So did you, uh, again, you, you said you don't mind being totally candid and open about it, but in that breathalyzer thing, did you have to sign up for AA too, or did you decide to, or something like that? Did you do that at all? Uh, That one was actually court required to do the AA thing. Yeah. So, I mean, they were, it was more so not AA, but like an alcohol evaluation. So you have to go in and speak with a psychologist and everything. And, and they make you fill out all this paperwork to see what kind of person that they're working with. Okay. And I did do that. And that was, that was pretty interesting conversation I got to have with, with, uh, the psychologist. So yeah, that was, that was pretty interesting. I guess. I don't know. She was, she, she was also a pretty interesting person herself, but yeah. I made her cry. So really, yeah, it was. Do you, do you remember how or why or what? Um, I remember. So usually, when you go in for like these alcohol evaluations, right? <clears throat> you go into the psychologist waiting room, and they send you out a form, and you fill it out. And I don't know if it's to read what kind of character you are, you know, like your morals or your values or whatever. And anyways, I remember they. I filled out the piece of paper, handed it to the assistant. She walked it into the psychologist and the psychologist reads it. Then the assistant comes back out and is like, well, you have to fill out this other piece of paper. And I was like, okay, you know, whatever. And it wasn't like your information or anything, like not your social security, your name or anything. It was just seeing what kind of person you were. And so I filled out that one Mm -hmm. and handed it to the assistant 
she walked it in and she comes back with another piece of paper and she was like, uh, you have to fill out this one also. And I was like, what, three, three of these pieces of paper to see what kind of person you are, you know, I'm right. like, does the psychologist even know what they're doing? And she's like, eh, this like never happens. Like, oh, okay, well, whatever. So I fill it out and she runs it into the psychologist and short time after that, the psychologist calls me in and she grabs me, looks me dead in the eyes, gives me a hug, starts crying. And she's like, you have no idea who you are, do you? And I was like, what? <laughs> she's like, you don't know what kind of person you are. And I was like, well, what, what, what's, what's that supposed to mean? She's like, you don't know the things you're going to do. You will do great things. And then we just started hitting off a conversation after that. Hmm. And I remember it was like in the middle of our conversation that we were just talking. She starts crying and she's like, I have no idea why you're even here. She's like, you shouldn't even be here. Right. She's like, you shouldn't even be here. Like, what? Why are, why are you doing this? You know, like you're doing this to yourself, you know, like it was just why it was just wild. Huh. She just couldn't fathom that I was in the situation I was in. Right. So, so there was something like in the things you were filling out where she could see that you're a, a person of high character or something like that. Did she ever elaborate? No, she never elaborated on it. I okay. mean, she just talked about it. And that was like, she, she was just telling me like, you, you're so much better than, than what your actions are showing. Like, yeah. why are you doing this? And she never told me why or anything like that. So I don't know if it was just maybe like a psychology trick that they were playing to try to get you to, you know, maybe have some self-reflection. I'm not sure. Yeah. But yeah it was a pretty, it's pretty intense. Right. No, moment. I could see it. I, I, I don't know if it's a trick. I'm saying like when we worked together, like right. you were going through that, like the, the side of you that I seen was again, this intellectually curious, this open dude, this nice guy, I'd share your lunch with you, whatever. Right. Or you'd share your lunch. I mean, I'm just saying, like, yeah, there was none absolutely. of that, right? Yeah. So if I'm saying, if I seen you, but you're like, hey, man, I'm struggling with alcohol, it just like, the, that could happen to anybody, right? I'd be right. two steps away from that if I got into it, right? But absolutely. I'm just saying, like, there was something there where it didn't necessarily match. Like, those two worlds didn't necessarily match. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, yeah, yeah, you could tell. And like, and I felt like I was completely out of, out of place, yeah. you know, like when I was in that world, yeah, it, it just, it didn't make any sense to me. Right. But I didn't realize that at that time because I didn't have any sort of self-reflection. Mm -hmm. I, I, and I, I think it might be unfair to say that they don't match because again, like I've talked about this, how if you were into a substance like me personally, like I have a very addictive personality. If I'm into right. something, I'm going to go hard. So I know if I was, if I was a drinker, I'd drink hard. I just know it. Right. Absolutely. So I'm still the same person, right? Right. You know what I mean? But yep. it's just like you're, you're, you're channeling it into this potentially a negative thing. Whereas I wonder if, I don't know, there's uh, that lady's probably used to seeing people who are like lifelong abusers, right? Just down a way different path than you, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. With, I don't with, know. Yeah. With, with maybe zero aspirations or, or goals, mm -hmm. you know, and they had all the opportunity to take them, but they didn't, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, like believe in themselves. Maybe they didn't, I don't know. Yeah. But are you glad that you went that hard to get to that point? 
because it almost seems like if say you went you went 100 right but say you went 40 percent, you could still be going 40 percent. oh absolutely. for the rest of your life forever. yeah that's all that i would have probably given in everything that i did in my life yeah. you know like if i like if i would have worked given my hundred percent my hundred percent of my energy into something else you know like i was given it to when i was drinking and trying right. to hang out and be cool or whatever yeah you know once I learned how to channel that and put it in a different av, put it down a good path or a different avenue, mm-hmm. like I mean, that's that's how I made it to where I am today, you know, and yeah, I I would say otherwise if I only did like you were talking forty percent or even half of me was just like oh I'm gonna just have a few drinks or whatever right. every single day and call it good. Well, then that's probably how my business would reflect or mm-hmm. or me personally. I'd only give it a halfway right know, i don't know yeah and there's kind of this thing too you're talking about jordan peterson earlier right uh he has this exercise i want to do this i haven't done it yet but basically you do two writing samples one is what does your life look like if you give into all your vices all your addictions everything right, right. you you become the worst version of you because there's obviously a bad side of you and a bad side of me right become the right. worst version of you in every aspect of life and it's easily to see within, you know, no, no amount of time your life's in turmoil. Right. Absolutely. Uh, whereas on the flip side, if you become the best version of yourself that you can be again, that personal responsibility side of things, you, you can start to reach for these bigger and higher and better things the serving the community, starting the businesses, whatever, right. Helping other people that have been in similar situations as you, uh, it's kind of easy to see this higher path that you may not have seen if you weren't taking the minute to sit back and reflect of where do I want to go? You know? Right. Uh, I've never done it. I want to though. Right. Yeah. And I, <clears throat> I don't know, I guess it, like I can kind of do that mentally, I guess. Sure. You know, like, I mean, sure you could write it down. Mm-hmm. I mean, which would be kind of fun. Um, I guess I more so do that with like think like a to-do list for okay. the day or whatever, or, or where I want to see my business go, you know, like I can do that, Yeah, I guess. But Otherwise, mostly like I get like hyper focused on something and I did, I can just accomplish it. I can just go and do it. Yeah. I don't have to have the materialistic list laid out in front of me. Sure. I used to though. I used to draw something like that. Yeah. Um, Maybe not so much a like, like you were talking where the worst version of yourself and then the best version of yourself. Like mm-hmm. I don't have to do that because I was already the worst version version of myself. <laughs> so I know like, I know all the vices and everything that could lead me back down that path. Right. And I put up walls, like discipline walls and like, yeah. Hey, you know, like if you break down this wall or you push past this point, like, well, you're becoming a worse version of yourself. And like, so I guess I subconsciously trained myself to do that, I guess. Hmm. You know, I didn't have to write it down though. Right. Right. So, I mean, maybe that would, that's why I could probably relate that a little bit more with like my goals and aspirations, you know, for, for what I want to do. Yeah. Um, and I, so I've got one more question unless you've got anything else, anything that we didn't cover that you wanted to talk about anything like that. Go ahead. Let's hear it. Well, so when I, before we hopped on, I asked you, Hey, is this doing a podcast like this within your comfort zone, whatever else you're like, no man, it's not, but that's how I live my life. Like I like to live outside my comfort zone. Oh, absolutely. Uh, 
where does that come from? Is that kind of the same deal, the growing confidence you learn there's value there? Or I guess you should answer that question. Why do you push to live outside your comfort zone? Well, I, I've always been kind of the person to like push the envelope and see, you know, see what's on the other side or walk the line a little bit, you okay. know, because that's when you, that's when I feel the truest as a person, Yeah, you know? So like living outside my comfort zone, it's also a new challenge to help make me better. And at some point, you know, if you don't live outside your comfort zone, then are you, are you really living? And if you're not asking questions and going outside that comfort zone, you know, then are you going to be learning anything? Yeah. And it's just a huge, I guess another relation would be like a risk and reward, mm -hmm. you know, like if you would have never asked me to come and do this podcast, well then what are you risking? You know, absolutely nothing personally mm -hmm. other than, maybe not getting another podcast episode. Right. But at some point you had to kind of reach out and you're like, Hey, I haven't talked to this dude in like four years. Let's, mm -hmm. you know, I'll reach out. I'll risk asking him if he has time or if he even wants to do it. Right. And that's the way I kind of look at it is like, if I'm constantly reaching and stepping out, out of my comfort zone, well then you just learn to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Sure. Which is kind of a weird concept to yeah. grasp, I guess. But while you're doing that, you're, you're learning, you're mm -hmm. learning a new part of yourself. You're learning a new skill. It's a new experience, whatever, you right. know? And with that, with that experience and being outside of your comfort zone, then you can help other people with your experiences. Yeah. And then actually, so one more question. I like that. One more question is, so if you were to talk back and I'm, I'm thinking about this for other people, like somebody else that's in a similar shoes that you were in, if you're going to talk, how old were you when you went through that, when we were working together? I can't remember, four or five years ago. Right, yeah, I was like 21, 22, okay. maybe. So if you could talk back to your 21-year-old self or 22-year-old self and give them advice, obviously it worked out, right? But I'm right. saying give them advice before you went down that path. What would you What would you say to yourself? Yeah, I don't think I would say anything to myself. Otherwise, I wouldn't have made it down the same path, you know? It yeah. would have just, it would have definitely shot me down another path. So, I mean, I, I definitely, I don't think I would say anything to myself. Yeah. Actually. So then same thing, somebody, you said you helped other people, right? So Absolutely. if they were to come to you, what advice do you give them? Do you have specific advice? Is it more just being a listening ear and uh, relating to them? A lot of it is listening, Okay. listening to them and, and being able to relate with them. Okay. So like they call me because now all of a sudden they're out of their comfort zone. You right. know, like that was the life that they were living, whether it was drinking or drugs or whatever, mm -hmm. well, I mean, it was some sort of form of addiction right. and a life that they were living. And it wasn't their life, mm -hmm. you know, it wasn't who they were intended to be. So <clears throat> they'll call me and, or even run into me or whatever. But most time it's just a call and be like, Hey, like I'm scared, yeah. you know, like I got found out, this is what's happening. It feels like my life is turning upside down because that was their comfort zone. Whether mm -hmm. that addicting substance was their, you know, their vice. Right. And they're like, well, now how, how they're lost. They're like, how do I live my life without the vice now? Mm -hmm. And then I usually talk to them and they, they feel terrible. They're depressed. You know, they're like, Hey, like I feel like a piece of shit. And like, I just reassure them. Like, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll tell them. I mean, I'll tell them. I'll be like, hey, like, you kind of are a pile. Like, right. you, you could be a better person. Right. You know, I'm like, and you're obviously at this point, you're contacting me and reaching out to me to, 
to become a better person. Like you want this for yourself. You're ready for it. You're done with it. Like go get her done. Right. You know, I'm like, and I'll be a shoulder you can lean on. Mm-hmm. If you need to lean on me, absolutely. Let's do it. Let's get it done. I'm going to tell you all the things that you don't want to hear and all the things you do want to hear. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'll be your first genuine friend, I guess, you right. know, because they're, they're just lost. They're trying to find themselves and get out of that, that situation that they're in. But I mean, they, they have, they have to pay for their, their actions or whatever that they did, you know, they have to be accountable for themselves and be responsible for themselves. And that's usually where it starts is like, Hey, like that first opening statement that I I usually say to somebody is like, well, you're kind of a piece of shit, weren't you? Right. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like just real blunt about it. Right. And they're like, yeah, Yeah. all right. Well then that's one step in the right direction. Admitting that you weren't a good person. You weren't the best version of yourself at that point. Right. And now with just that simple, that simple answer of being responsible and accountable for yourself, you're like, yeah, I kind of was. Well, now they're, that's a step in the right direction. Yeah. And there's going to be a bunch of naysayers and people that don't have the best intentions out for you. And well, I usually, I just tell them like, Hey, I'll be a shoulder you can lean on. I'll help you. I'll help you out that path. You know, I'll help you find it. I'll be a genuine person, be a genuine friend to you, Mm -hmm. you know? And they're, they're like, really? Like, yeah. And I think they just can't fathom like that in that particular moment in time that I'm giving them something, whether that's advice or somebody to lean on without expecting anything in return. I just mm-hmm. want to see them better themselves. Right. And they they probably can't fathom that, you yeah. know, cause they feel like the world just caved in on them. Right. They got found out whether they were a, you know, manipulating people in the wrong way or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, hurting people and, and taking with, without any sort of respect or, or right. giving in return. Right. Well, no, that's powerful stuff. I, I appreciate you being willing to share all that. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Cause again, I, a, that resonates with me. Uh, I've had my own forms of addictions in my life for sure. Right. Yeah. Uh, whatever it might be. And, and also again because of that addictive personality that that psychologist knew that you had right like i said i mean it it doesn't take much for you to go down that path right oh yeah definitely uh, not so for me to i guess what I, I almost like to celebrate that personality i think it's because i'm that way right right but celebrate that because again you harness it in this positive or worthwhile light like i keep saying worthwhile endeavor you're unstoppable oh right? absolutely but right? the thing is is where where i mean you can harness that energy, but you got to have, you got to find something to put that energy into mm-hmm. also. And that's where a lot of people probably get lost, Okay, you know, is being able to find what you're passionate about and where you want to put that energy. Right. You know, I mean, like, like I said, I just want to help people. Mm-hmm. Well, I can do that in the form of my businesses. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the kind of energy I had to, I had to build those businesses so that I could channel that energy to help people yeah it's like okay that's that's what i did right so as long as you have a healthy way to channel that energy and that's all part of the journey Mm -hmm. is to find your way through there to find where you want to put put your energy and channel it right and everything and in some cases it's not always making money Mm -hmm. in my case it was but that's not always the case some people will become addiction counselors or Mm -hmm. they'll they'll be like, you know, I, 
I want to be a teacher and they want to help, they want to help build the future, the future of our nation, you know, but I mean, it's all different channels of energy. Yeah. It's exciting for me because I think that's four years ago, right? Right. Uh, Look at how much growth you've had in four years. Oh, absolutely. And I think if you maintain that learner, like a student mindset, right? And that uh, hungry, aggressive, I want to learn, I want to better myself, whatever, is where will you be in 20 years, you know? Oh, absolutely. What what will be important then and who can you help then? And I think... it does feel like almost if you have a, if you can pull from something like a bigger and better why, and maybe it's like you've been through some things you like to help other people through those things. And maybe that's like incorporated in your whole world of business or whatever, or how you interact with or interface with the world. I think that will like push you through and build you. And again, you, that same growing and learning and whatever mindset, again, it's like the sky's the limit. You know? Oh, absolutely. Well, the sky is the limit. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's, it's a manifestation of, of your own dream, of yeah. your own life. Right. And the thing is, is like, it's your own dream that you're trying to build. And at the same time, you can help build other people's dreams, you know? Mm-hmm. And while I'm building a my dream for the future, well, it's not really my dream that I'm building. I'm building for the future because our, our future isn't certain, hmm. you know, I'm building for somebody else's future. I just sure. call it mine because right now I feel like it's my responsibility to be building for somebody's future. Right. Whether that's a job, whether it's a place to live, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's, I'm selflessly trying to build for the future, for the future generations of, right. of something for yeah. somebody. Right. You know, that's not for certain, but yeah. I mean, that's, that's my goal Yeah, is just to build for the future. Right. Whether, like I said, whether it would be a job or, or whether I'd be financially independent enough to help out somebody to pay them, pay for their college or something, you know, mm-hmm. like it's just, that's the way I look at it. Right. Help them live their life. Yeah. I don't know. No, it's cool. I, yeah, I really appreciate you just breaking all that down and oh, having absolutely. the chat. This whole chat, I really, really enjoyed. Yeah, same. It was <laughs> out of the comfort zone, but it was awesome. <laughs> I was comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Caden. Appreciate no it. No problem. Thanks. Yeah. Hey, guys. Thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have and you feel so inclined, share this podcast with your friends subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen and give us some feedback with a review. Until next time, thank you.